Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello, and welcome to another episode of I Weigh with Jamila Jamil. I hope you're all right. I'm all right. We're not talking about natural disasters and... and politics anymore because it's very stressful and this is not where we go to have that conversation uh you come here to escape i come here to escape and we are going to run away together i love today's episode i'm so excited about the two things i'm bringing you today uh first and foremost my incredibly funny and wonderful and poignant guest neil brennan he is a great stand-up comedian he's also the co-creator of the Chappelle show which is arguably one of the most influential and brilliant comedy shows of all time uh, he made this special that's on Netflix a couple of years ago called Three Mics and it is this incredible combination of um, both funny stand-up and social observation but also heartbreaking honesty and sincerity around trauma as a child and how that goes on to shape the rest of your life and probably led him to being a stand-up comedian uh, so he is on this show being funny and cantankerous and overly opinionated uh, the Neil that I know and love and we went to all kinds of stupid and then heartbreaking places and he even surprised me with how vulnerable he was willing to be on this podcast and we still just don't see that enough from men so I'm so grateful for him because you know we all need to be soothed we all need to figure our shit out and so I welcome I welcome that conversation on my platform I can't wait to hear what you think but before I play Neil's episode and his chat with me I'm going to play you a song don't worry this is not my song. I would never try to uh, infuse uh, a new singing career through this platform. I would never put you through that. Nobody, nobody asked for that. And I, I know it. But I have come across this incredible song that is out today. And it's about everything that we talk about on this show. And it's such a good song. It's like an actual good song. And it's very rare that one gets the rights to music. But the artist, his name is Cushy Music, has given me that uh, because I've asked for it, because I think you might actually genuinely like it. I know this is a fucking weird, intrusive thing to do to force you to listen to a song. You can fast forward, but I suggest you don't because this song is so good. It's uh, it's about mental health, but it's from the point of view of someone watching someone else suffer. It's all of the helplessness we can feel at times and the love and the empathy and solidarity and also sometimes a little bit of the struggle we feel when we don't know how to help. And that, song, that in no way stigmatizes or is meant to shame or make anyone feel self-conscious around their mental health. It just meant so much to me as someone who has both been a carer of mentally ill people, but also very much so the recipient of other people's care. I depended on other people to save my life at times. And so it just is infused with empathy and I feel like that's everything that I try to put out into the world and encourage from all of us and so his name is Cushy Music this song is called I Know it's 
fucking great <laughs> and I'm not going to make a habit of doing this I promise it's just because the song is so special so enjoy the song and then enjoy my good friend the extremely funny and grumpy Neil Brennan done <laughs> i can't sip i can't sip, sip. away from the mic I all right sip, sip away from the mic sir wow neil wow welcome hold on i might cannot my right. if i Go you ahead. want to clean mouth clean no. mouth fart do whatever you need to i would never do that to. but sorry my i use my mouth for stuff okay like eating and sipping sure for are instance you, and talking right? now it goes both ways neil welcome to the show how are you fine why, no, but you said, like, how are you? But it sounded like I was on trial a little bit. That's my accent. I know. Okay. I know. I know what it was. You've been all right? Yeah. Yes. I've been great. I'm trying to think of what, uh, I mean, how broad do you want to go? No, I mean, I just want to know generally if you're all right. I'm a polite I'm, person Oh, I'm, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Feeling good? Uh, yeah. Yeah, good. Feel okay, good. good. Um, this is a podcast that's about mental health. It's about shame. Um... And it's something that you talk about a lot. In fact, that's how we found each other. Well, I found you. I hunted you. Let's be honest, you real. found me. Yeah. Neil has this uh, Netflix show called Three Mics, mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite 
comedy sets I've ever seen. Thank ever. you very much. I watched it a couple of years ago and related to a lot of the things that you said because it's very personal. It's, it's not just a comedy show. It's also a kind of backstory as to why you are the way that you are. Mm-hmm. An why, my fa- why I have resting dick face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is resting dick face? I just, I mean, I no one's called it that, but that's, yeah, that's the male version of resting bitch face. Okay, great. Well, I, uh, I saw this special and I cold emailed Neil. Yes. And she called, she called, she got, I used to write with the showrunner <coughs> creator of The Good Place, Michael mm-hmm. Sure, 15 years ago. And so he put you in touch. He gave you my email. I saw your name, didn't look you up, just thought you were some lady on a show. I didn't know. I didn't know who you were. Didn't look I technically, I was just some lady on a show. Well, yes. At that point, you yeah. were just some lady on a show. Then I said, like, hey, if you're coming to the comedy store, look me up or get and tell me. And you're like. And I lived behind the comedy yeah. store at the time. Yes. So um, a few weeks later, you. It was a few months me. later. I'm cool. I guess. Yeah, you're pretty cool. Yeah. You are really cool. <laughs> I like how that's the whole point of the show. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no I'm cool. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I'm not fancy at all. Yeah, we discussed um, this before. Mm-hmm. Then I finally, you said you were coming to the comedy store. I looked you up. Turns out you're tall and good looking, which Thanks. is one of my things. I like good looking people and uh, especially women. Guys, I could take or leave. Uh, I mean, I think it probably helps if they're good looking. I like a guy to be aesthetically look like something. We all do. You know? Yeah. And uh, and I uh, looked you up. Good looking. Then you come with some uh, a guy uh, who we'll call uh, we'll call like a gangly gentleman. Sure. He'd um, love that. I am sure he'd love it. Um, and, uh, and I didn't know, you know, in LA people have like relationships. I don't know if that's your trainer. I don't know if that's your voice coach. I don't know if that's your energy, your healer. You think I would bring my trainer to the I knew store? nothing lady. I just knew that you were good looking. My bodyguard maybe? Yeah. My gangly sure, bodyguard? Yeah, your gangly yeah. bodyguard. He'll wrap them up with his long octopus like limbs. <laughs> um, and so I'm speaking to him and I say, uh, and he's, I go, and he's, you go to the bathroom. This guy goes like, I watched three mics as well and i thought it was fantastic brilliant i think it was so you know he's british and uh and i was like oh are you what are you doing he's like i'm a musician and uh and you know everyone in la is a musician so i go oh well, you got a you got a band i mean i could not have been more condescending i was like what are you a solo with what are you, what are you what's, what's your, your soundcloud what exactly what's, <laughs> what's your name he's like james blake and i was like all right well i thought i was going to be able to put the moves on your girlfriend but <laughs> you're a better artist than me because i was a fan of his and uh and that was it was like checkmate like all right well because certain musicians you listen to and you go man they must girls must Go nuts. And James is one of them. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, I think it's been quite a happy ending altogether. Yes. Well, I've made I no mean, moves on we you. We ended up not banging nope. and we've become very good friends. I don't think banging would help. Help what? Anything. Our relationship. Oh, for sure. Definitely not. It definitely wouldn't help your relationship with my boyfriend. No, 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 no. I'm saying he dies. Yeah. <laughs> of course he dies. He dies. And then he's, you, he's I'm, in the other room. Of course, by the I'm way, for anyone listening, I said, I'm saying this to his face. <laughs> Every guy has like a scenario, and what yeah. you know what I mean. He dies. I gotta be your top five <laughs> consolers, right? And uh, and then one night you stay late. One thing leads to another. I, the when I, Harry I don't think Sally. it would hurt. I don't think it would hurt or help. Agreed. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it yeah, doesn't. Yeah. 
it wouldn't it's a be non-starter. like, hi, now we're on to some, I don't know. Like, no. we're pretty tight. Great. And, um, and. Well, I'm happy that you're my friend now. Yes. So it was the fact that in your, in your Netflix special, you had referred all these, referred to all these different things that you'd done to mm-hmm. overcome your PTSD, your anxiety, depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, you struggled with your mental health for most of your life. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, having seen you'd gone through all of these different <clears throat> processes to try and get rid of them, some of which you're still trying now. Yes. Uh, I had one that I thought you would benefit from. Mm-hmm. I emailed you. We've become friends. And so I, uh, I wanted to also just say once on air, I've said this to you privately. But um, you are one of my favorite people for the fact that you spend so much of your career also being very open about your mental health. I think it's really cool and really important. Back in the day when you were coming up, when you were younger, A, did you even know you had depression? And B, if you did, did you feel like it was something you could really open up to people about? Back then, in like the 90s, we called it a a New York attitude. (laughs) (laughs) Depression was a New York attitude. Yeah. And then it became... And then it became, and then like uh, in New York, Prozac they'd actually prefer and, that, wouldn't they, to someone? Yeah, happy. that's the New York. They like the hustle. Like, they like the grind, the like misery. Small, angry, yeah. depressed, like the down, English. get in your hole, mm-hmm. like you stay know, there. Everybody like lives in a little kennel, um, and uh, so y- y- there was not. And then, and then Prozac became sort of popular in the early nineties, and more antidepressants like that. Prozac was the first big one. It was the first mainstream one. It wasn't like uh, lithium or anything that was for uh, bipolar. It was it was it was like just for depression. So then people, you know, prescribed it more. That's almost the. I would say that's. I dare say that's the upside of the pharma industry is it can mainstream certain things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look at what they did for Restless Leg. Right. <laughs> I mean, they took it. They really took it mainstream, and now I'm one of the leading restless leg comedians. Um, uh, no, but I but so that, so then slowly, but and then I started going to therapy in '99 mm-hmm. and started taking Zoloft and was pretty open with people I talked to about it. And they, I was ne- I've never hidden it. I've never. I'm fairly. I'm the youngest of ten kids, and the older people in my family, my older brothers and sisters, are more. Like, what? Uptight. What are you doing? Yeah. What is that? So are you going to take this forever? That kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. they would feel more of a shame around it. And I'm an artist, so it's not, It's what? I'm not like a, you know, I don't work at a, I don't work for insurance broker. You know, like I'm not, uh, It's there's no stigma yeah, You're not a painter. Anything. You did come up in a, in a, I'd dare say quite a chauvinist industry, especially back then, like the comedy uh, scene, especially the comedy scene you were within, like there's a lot of uh, quite toxic masculinity. Absolutely. But I don't, but I think that depression is one of those things where people will go like, I'm depressed as a joke setup. Right. So there was no. Taboo. Yeah. There was zero taboo around that. And, uh, and it was, yeah, it was sort of, it was, it wasn't, um, taboo. And then I found doing the show. That uh, this is three mics. Yeah, doing three mics. I realized like everyone has something. I just said mine first, Mm -hmm. so to speak. It was, it was like, oh yeah, everybody. So then people see me as I get DMs every day, probably about how much it meant to them, how much it helped them. People have tried uh, different therapies because of three mics. One woman quit her job, which is really all you want. (laughs) 
She's homeless now. <laughs> she's homeless. She yeah. died mm-hmm. homeless. But before she died, she was a big fan of mine. And that's all that matters. Good night, everybody. Have a great podcast. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it's very helpful. And I'm sure that all these people found me helpful because I was very open about it. Was there much discomfort? Because I fucking loved the fact that you went there. There's kind of, just to explain to anyone who hasn't seen it, there's three microphones. On one of the microphones, Neil does regular stand-up. On one of them, he does, uh, well, he goes back into his life story and is incredibly honest and open about his journey through mental health and trauma. And then the third mic is one-liners? Yeah, one-liners. Just like... So were any people, uh, did any people resist three mics? Where anyone found it to be a bummer because it was a comedy set. When no, I mean, I think that there are people that like think it's a cop out. Probably comedians probably think it's a cop out. Like, well, you didn't do. You didn't yes, what you did wasn't brave for, at all. Well, yeah. it's not brave. Uh, it's not that it's not brave. It's that it's not purely a glib stand up. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And, and, so I, but now having said that, I thought Seinfeld would not like it for that reason, and he was like, "No, I thought it was great." Like Who people, is the Seinfeld. You well, the, what I'm saying is, like, he is a he is an actual person. He's a yeah. human boy, but he also believes. I just thought he would be like the classic stereotypical. I need stand up done this way. Yeah, and you didn't reach the formula, but he I didn't it. do it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't do it, but I did a lot of it. I did for 35 minutes of it, but there's another 20 of of. As someone who's tried so many different things, I mean, take me through roughly the things that you've tried, just as like list them. Um, Medication, yes, therapies. Uh, Zoloft is my main medication. Yeah, Um, I took it probably for ten years, and it kind of stopped working. Then I then I tried a few other ones in those in the SSRI family that just had weird side effects, whether Mm -hmm. they were sexual or like I'd gain weight without eating. And sexual side effects, you become more sexual. I was I became irresistible to women. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) To the point that it really was a huge. It was a huge problem for my life. No, it was a huge problem for my life. Um, (laughs) And uh, I mean, people would women would jump on my car when I was just driving. Um, Like I like I like I was giving off a musk. Um, So (laughs) musk is my favorite word for male uh, attraction. Uh, then the, the, the sort of wackier ones were, uh, ketamine, mm-hmm. which I did not like, did not work for me at all. Mm-hmm. Some people think I liked it. I did not like it. Now, having said that, there are people that DM me who said they tried it and it was the only thing that worked for them. Yeah. Each so, to their own. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of dealing with the shame of it, just try, I'll try anything. I don't. I'm so agnostic about what's going to work or what does it say about me if it works or what is it? I don't know. It's just a. It's Would you try like healing and Reiki? Yeah, and something I've tried spiritual? Reiki. Okay. Did nothing for me. Okay. Um, uh, you, tried I, e- you did EMDR, which is the I thing did that EMDR, I did EMDR, which was the about. one you promoted. Um, I did. The one that really worked for me for a long time was uh, TMS, which is transcranial magnetic stimulation, which is basically a uh, they put a thing on your head that looks like a uh, we'll call it a, 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 a table tennis racket okay and it sends magnetic uh, MRI beams into your head Does in it like hurt? a clicking fashion nah it's kind of weird okay that doesn't hurt I did that that 45 sessions of that work really well though um 
now I'm back on Zoloft and I try, I did TMS a few months ago. That was, I think it worked as well. And then is it all right to bring up the, what you went to China to go? Yeah, yeah that was more recently? TMS. That was oh, a that was- better TMS, Chinese TMS. It was a, it was a, uh, it was a TMS it with a different table tennis racket on a different region of my brain because in America they only do the left side. Uh, and why? I don't know. I don't, I believe that's because it's the most, no, it's like the one that's most kind of approved and studied. Uh, and in China, they did the, the back and the right and the left, or they didn't even do the left because the left was good. Uh, so they do the back and the right in China. What did that feel like? Again, the same? Yeah, it was, I, I had him crank it up, which was, I'll, I showed you the video. It was hilarious. My face is shaking, which scares people. It wasn't scary at all. It was funny. Um, <laughs> Uh, so it, your face will not shake. I don't want to put that out there. Um, your face might shake and you'll be fine. Yeah. Or, or it'll shake, it shake and you'll be forever. Fine. Yeah. It's not, it didn't shake. It just shaked when the clicker was going. It shakes it like when like, you're sitting on the washing machine. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's fine. Sure. Um, have, I didn't try sitting on the washing machine. Is that effective? Have you, have you, have you, uh, noticed a difference since you tried the one in China? Uh, n- I'm not sure yet. I don't want to say I have. Because okay. I don't want to be like, yes, I don't want to endorse it. Yeah, I don't like I said, I don't want to be like, I'm in love when someone's, you know, can I hello everyone? We're getting married. I don't know. I, I it seemed like it worked, but I can't say for sure. EMDR really worked, though. And I have a funny story about you and EMDR. So oh, no. my friend Bijan, I've been friends with since 19. I'm sorry, 2003. He was my editor on Chappelle show. He edited three mics, whatever, whatever. So. He's in the same, like, tries everything. He tried marriage for depression. He tried everything. <laughs> and uh, and um, and none of it worked. And then I mentioned your name in passing one, like, three well, months you're ago. you're obsessed with me. I'm yeah. so obsessed yeah. with you. Uh, he said, who was that shrine to in my house? It's <laughs> like, oh, this shrine? Um, uh, and I said shrine because it's an Indian thing. And I'm racist. <laughs> and... Um, and I, and he goes, Jamila, that British chick. And I go, yeah. And he's like, you know, I do EMDR because of her. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, she was on Russell Brand's podcast and brought it up. And he, it's like transformed his life to the point where punchline this week, he said, he's going to become an EMDR therapist and quit editing. Really? Full time. Yeah. So are you serious? You got, see, doesn't someone quitting their job really touch? Oh my god, you? it really changes yes, everything. It really makes I feel you so feel important. Yes. See? Is I'm he really gonna quit he his really job? He really is gonna quit editing to become an EMDR therapist. That's I incredible. swear to God. Yes. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, EMDR is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. It's a type of therapy, it's very effective for PTSD, it's effective for um OCD, addiction, all kinds of different things, but it's just very hard to find a very good cure for PTSD or any cure whatsoever. And uh, and of all of the things, EMDR, I would almost say don't even look it up. Yeah. Because you can't, it sounds like there's no way that works. Oh yeah, it sounds fucking stupid. It almost sounds offensive as to whatever it is that you've been through that you need therapy for. It feels absurd that something quite so simple would help you with that thing. But I can tell you uh, from my personal account that it's the thing that saved my life. So Google that, EMDR. We're going to go to a break. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now listen, we all carry around different stresses, big, small, medium size, and a lot of us keep them bottled up because sometimes we just have to. But doing that all of the time can really, really start to negatively impact your life. And I say that from experience. I'm British. We are told to never say how we're feeling about anything ever. And uh, that's why so many of us are so sad. Now, a way that I was able to remedy that was by having therapy, which was super helpful for me, not only because it's amazing to get things off your chest, but also all week, you know, as you're bottling things up, because it's not always the time or place to say exactly how you feel, you know you're going to get that hour where you're able to get everything off your chest and say it exactly as you want to. And this therapist isn't going to take it personally and they're not going to hold it against you or throw it back in your face during an argument over dinner next week. You just have this complete freedom. Honestly, I think everyone should have therapy, regardless of whether they think they need it, because it's so amazing to have a confidant. It's a journal that talks back to you and helps you with all of your problems. I think therapy is just a safe space to get everything off your chest to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, then maybe you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists if you don't like them anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash iway today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iway. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. So, so similarly to you, I'm always on a kind of journey to see where I can get to of my mental health. Like I've come yeah. through extreme anxiety, extreme depression, PTSD, etc. I think you and I are probably two of the more similar people that I, I, I don't have a friend who's as similar to me as you are. Mm-hmm. And uh, you and I struggle. And if you, if I'm, is it okay if I say this, but we struggle with feeling stuff all the time. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> so that's something that we have in common. I have all something the stuff. that you may not have though, which is I Smugness. am a penis. <laughs> um, uh no, I have something which you may not have, which is um I'm also super sensitive. Right. And not you and James would say it's all ego based, but I would say <laughs> it's uh I'm really sensitive. Like okay. I really am like a sensitive little baby. Like everything bothers me. Um bothers you as in pisses you off. Hurts my feelings. Everything hurts your feelings. A lot of things hurt my feelings that you go, there's no way that hurts my feelings. Yeah. And because I generally speaking, synthesize it into anger so quickly, you wouldn't know it, I was hurt for a second. Um, but yeah, everything hurts. Like any snub, any eh, slight, any look, any like a real, like I, I'm not 
um, one of these people who like nothing bothers me. It may look like nothing bothers well, Twitter me. Twitter is very nothing bothers me and sort of a bit thinking it's funny when other people get so bothered by stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that most people, I don't, when things are, when people are actually bothered by things, I think there's things that are worth getting bothered by. Yeah. And then I think there are mostly, it's just the And there's the things that the thing. internet gets yes. bothered by, which yes. is ridiculous. Perform- yeah. I mean, that's like a, the only way to get traction on, on Twitter is to be provocative Outraged. or out, like it literally the no algorithm idea. favors it. I have no idea it. what you mean. <laughs> I don't use Twitter yeah. that way uh, it's not for to, me. to create yeah. outrage. No, but that's the, that's, that's how you're, I don't think you're gaming the algorithm, but no. that is how, that's how it works. Yeah. So when they go, there's outrage on Twitter. Yeah. That's where that's, that's traffic. Like there's booties clapping at the strip club. That's <laughs> what, that's what it, that's what happens. That's that the airplanes are taken off at the airport. I feel quite um, jealous that you that your feelings get hurt. If I'm honest, okay, because uh, I you, don't. I, yeah. That doesn't happen to me, and I think some people think of it as, oh, I'm so tough and I'm so brave, and you know, I don't get bothered by all the people saying things about me publicly or even privately. But it really just doesn't make a dent, and I think that's because I'm because my damage makes me so desensitized. Yeah, that I'm really genuinely. I don't. This is why I never wear it. It's like a badge of honor that I'm uninterested in other people's opinions of me. I'm just. I genuinely don't give a fuck. And I, I kind of would like to. While I see that it's a strength, especially in my choice of career. Yeah, but, I, but having said that, I bet James can hurt your feelings. James can hurt my feelings. Man, not, not, he doesn't hurt my feelings as much as sometimes in the past. It made me angry. Haven't you? Nod. Yes, that's a... Uh, I can't remember a specific time. Okay, great. Um, yeah, yeah, no, probably, it's been a while. Probably. It's been a while. Uh, but James doesn't so much hurt my feelings. I don't get my, I think my feelings got so hurt as a child that they're sort of like, I've had uh, so many withdrawals yeah. of my feelings that are no deposits bankrupt. that I am bankrupt. <laughs> and yeah. So therefore it doesn't really happen. Um, but, I, but okay, so aside from that though, are you a romantic person in the technical classical way? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah, the short answer is, I think I cried three times watching Marriage Story. Okay. And during the trial. What I, made you cry during Marriage Story? I'll tell you. Okay. Um, uh, during the trial, I literally thought, I don't think I could do this. I don't, I would be so crushed by an ex-wife. Te- using a lawyer to make me seem awful mm-hmm. for to get custody of a thing that she knows I love a kid um, or, you know, and then there's a the whole thing. Like I've had guys tell me that their are guys that are successful TV people tell me that their wives said when they got divorced, that they came up with plots that are just not true. Just so not true. Like what? What you know, their the wives came up with plots about plots them. for sitcoms that they were the oh. creators of. Like no, that episode <sighs> was before I met you. Like just crazy credit so that I would just that I could brush off. But the thing of having a lawyer slam me to make me seem like a bad father would would just about break me. And then uh, the the letter thing, the letter at the beginning of it. And this the, is when they're talking about all the things. Yeah, that are great the things that they the like one. about each other. Like yeah. I've been in love three times, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, when those ended, 
they all really hurt my feelings. They, it really, it was, I was very emotional about it. Like it was like one of them, I was like crying all the time for like a month. Mm-hmm. Me, Neil Brown <laughs> crying all the time. No, but I, like I was demolished by it. Um, so, so I think I'm, rom- I want, I want, I would like to be in a long-term romantic relationship. I just at this point, I would say I'm agnostic about it because I'm like, I don't see much proof of a, I'm not jealous of very many relationships. You're in one of them. Thanks. Uh, yep. Um, it's not with James. Um, <laughs> it's with your brother. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, like you're in one of them, but this, this is not a long list. Five, five couples maybe. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, but I, I, sometimes I think that men and women are, are really poorly matched for relationships. And the other thing I will say about it is the 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 thing in relationships that I don't think gets a lot of attention, which is the ways you break your own heart. Like what? Can't can't do it. You like you think that you're one of those people that is healthy enough to be in a relationship and you can work things out and you can. And despite your best efforts with someone that you palpably love, you cannot do it. And that's your fault. Also, I think if you're not sorted out, you can't really assess who is the correct person for you. I agree. I was I, talking, I, yeah. Yeah. I have a friend called Brett Goldstein and he talks about the fact that, you know, he's, he's in his 30s, he's single, he can't seem to find anyone and he gets endlessly frustrated by this because his sister, who's younger than him, is happily married with two kids, has a perfect fairy tale life. And he asked her, why is it that you think I'm still single? And she just said, well, I think it's because you always go for the 10. Mm-hmm. You always go for the 10, not of, of looks, but of excitement, that feeling where you're yeah. like, I can't eat, I can't sleep, I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to go and starve together to death, naked in a field. Um, holding each other and that's just going to be how this ends uh, whereas she thinks that you should go for the six the person who just makes you feel like a light buzz but generally quite safe but obviously films uh, music especially meatloaf mm. um, have like, manipulated us otherwise and books that, that we have to feel this incredibly uh, overwhelming level of excitement and anxiety and she said that feeling is fight or flight that is your body telling you to run away because you're being triggered you two are triggering each other that's what that feeling is and so instead Instead, you should go for the feeling of safety and build from that six up to a 10. And I, had I not been in that kind of relationship now, which is the healthiest and best relationship I've ever been, not to rub it in, I know you're already jealous, but um, I, <laughs> but I, uh, I would have thought that was bullshit because of how much we've been programmed to think that we need to have all of the feelings. Do you think you're at all manipulated by a uh, movie and books and, and, and songs, Meatloaf? Mm. Has it made? I mean, look, when meatloaf got to all of us. Let's yeah. be honest. But, <laughs> but uh, I, not, I will say that the really good ones I was in, two of the three, I felt really lucky to have met the person, and I felt like a real connection. Great, and you felt and, safe. Yeah. Okay. In one of them, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I did, but. Then you go, well, do I even have a a working black box where I can just even even after the crash, can I am I equipped to even, you know, unpack what happened? Like maybe I'm not healthy enough to even know what happened. Do you think someone has to be healthy in order to get into a relationship or do you think it's okay if they can get into a relationship and then start to work on things together? 
I think you just have to be willing to work on yourself at whatever time that is. I think that's a prerequisite of a healthy relationship is that if, if you're bringing your, your baggage into this relationship from your past, you have to be willing to unpack it. Yeah, I mean, I, Jamila, the thing that you're the other thing that people don't bring up about relationships is the amount of luck required mm-hmm. is breathtaking. The the fact that you met James is the luck. The fact that you're who you are. Well, yeah, but we also did a lot of work. Like, I, I totally agree. Yeah. But I'm saying the the I think about the women the the best one I was in, and it was pure like luck basically they know this person and obviously there's social circle stuff that you're probably all similar in a lot of ways but the right time the right and the amount of things that need to line up correctly and and at where you are in your life and well i agree but that could also that's also applied to like everything about our lives you know lucky that yes, you met Dave but Chappelle, I, lucky yes that you but i but i'm lucky that i had on talent this podcast, the highlight but of i have career. innate talent right for comedy do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so I know that. So all that luck stuff or I did this and then that person saw that. Like, that's all. That's fairly. That's a pretty clear domino or Rube Goldberg all, based on talent. Right. But I think we all have an innate capacity for love. I do. Mm. I do think um, that, that. Yes, you're right. Of course, it's very lucky. I to have meet- so much more talent for comedy than I do for love. It's I'm going to go 20 to one. It's a 20 to one ratio. <laughs> okay. And there are people who don't even think I'm a good comedian. So imagine how bad I love. <laughs> I disagree. No, of course you I do. I disagree. But you love me. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, I think I think Neil's wrong and we're going to go to a break so he can't disagree with me. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s. 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch. It's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Okay, so you don't have shame around your mental health. You don't have shame around very much, really. But you do you, you and I have spoken about this before. We feel like you get shamed about your life status. Yes, because I'm a 40, I'm 46 years young <laughs> and um, I'm 46 and I've never been married. Right. Um, I've been doing a joke where I say uh, women apparently call that a red flag. Um, but the thing about red flags, time around your neck, red cape. So, um, so, uh, so yeah, I, and the reason I haven't gotten married is because I, I, I haven't wanted to. Fair. And uh, I know, but that's not enough reason for people. Right. The assumption is something is broken, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, same with child rearing. The assumption is if you don't want kids, there's something a little bit wrong about you. Like, why wouldn't we all, the rest of us do, what's wrong with you that you don't want to have children? Um, Those things make me defensive. Uh, I just don't have a lot of, my life path has been so, uh, 
odd mm-hmm. that I don't have a lot of peers. And I don't mean that as like I'm peerless. I mean like I'm so talented I'm peerless. What I mean is the things that people, that's how you and James hear it. No, uh, <laughs> we don't think no, you're I'm a totally complete good. fucking uh, no, tool. No. Just kind of a tool. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. So yeah. um, uh, James is all of his albums. He's about to throw in the trash and then the record company goes, no, 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 we'll release it. Because uh, yeah. he thinks he's a bad musician. <laughs> um, that's how people work. Um, so He doesn't. He knows he's great. He thinks he's great. Yeah. Good for him, he is. Um, so, okay, so. I don't have peers in. I just feel like a bit of a, I don't really fit in anywhere. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of ways in which, like, I don't eat meat, which sounds like a small thing, but it's kind of a big thing. Like, there's most restaurants. Outside of Los Angeles, you're a fucking alien. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't really drink. That's mm-hmm. a big one. Um, I'm not married. I don't have kids. Um, I have high standards for interpersonal interaction that's all right isn't it yeah you're an adult of course yes all of these things are to me self-evident and things that everyone should be doing i mean again meet whatever but you should be able to have your own standards and make your own choices i think as a man if i'm a serial if i'm dating if i don't get married and in the time i've known you i've dated a couple women and but if if it was a woman the narrative would be, well, he's, she's just searching for the one. Whereas, uh, as a I disagree. Guy, oh, hang on, hold the fuck on. Okay, wait. A forty-six-year-old woman who's single. You've got Clooney in your corner. All right. We're the sort of like how long old is that list? Crone. I'm by thirty-three, the by the way. And if I tell an Uber driver who is from my country, not England, like Pakistan or India, if I tell them that I'm thirty-three and I'm not married with children, it, all I get is, "You're old. Nobody is going to want you now." <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I get, you know, sort of openly abused yes. uh, if I say that I'm In a very I'm, stereotypical only, accent. You know, that's, that's, well, that's what it sounds Have like. They don't all speak like that. documentary? <laughs> I made a documentary about a poo <laughs> that I need you to watch. I'm doing the exact accent in which he shouted that Correct. at me. My point being... <laughs> Can I do it? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, my it's point the being, exact accent. But, like, you know, out, and even outside of my culture, women in their 30s start to fucking panic. It's like, they're, I think... You know, if there are any women listening to this, we can all uh, we can all relate to the fact that you know, if you find yourself single in your thirties, you feel like your eggs are drying you're up. You're walking and you're into panicking a trap right now, by the way. Why? Because George Clooney got married. A. Yeah, but he's like fifty. All I'm saying is that forty six. We were still like, when's he going to find right. a lady who's good but enough fine. for him? We De- definitely DiCaprio don't look at forty six year old. Think piece about why he's fucked up. Yeah, and look at Jennifer Aniston's think piece. Like, every time she eats a sandwich, you're like, God, is she finally pregnant? Right. I hope she's pregnant because otherwise she's... But I'm not saying that it's better. I'm not saying that my... All uh, I was saying is that you said that it was easier for women being 46. No one no one is looking at a 46 Everyone's woman happy being like, when Kate Beckinsale this, fucked Pete Davidson. This I remember in, that. This I remember that being a victory a for lot of women. People, a lot of people judged, but the point being that uh, they, they were happy. Meanwhile, if Jack that, Nicholson was fucking dating uh, Cecily Strong, it'd be a bit of an issue. Right. But, but meanwhile, no one, Kate no Beckinsale one, fucks Pete Davidson and it's fucking people there's a parade no one for judges her. Jack Nicholson's love life that man like is known as you're definitely looked at as more of a boss as a single man later in life than you are as a woman as a woman I you're considered someone who got left on the shelf I think there are in which we're both correct and I, I'm more I, sensitive I to I'm, I think I think I'm, I'm correct and of I course think you're you wrong. think that yeah. what are you going to say <laughs> 
What are you going to say? I, I might I be wrong about think, this. I definitely to the point where I was surprised when you told me that people that you knew shamed you about your life status because I'd never come across a man feeling ashamed about being single later in life. Anything that I'm the I'm just the out. I, there are there are very few situations in which I'm not the outsider. Right. I and it's not and and my point is and I'm doing a show about it. It's like it's I promise you I came to it. The right way. I've th- the same way you think my observation about the government or gender or race or technology, any of the things that I'm uh, I'm good at observing, you, the same brain. <laughs> I applied the same machine mm-hmm. to all these things and was like, nah, I don't want kids because I don't know if I'd be good at it or and or I would or I not like I be wouldn't be good at it. I just don't want to have a kid show up and I'm like, whoops, not capable of loving. Um, sorry, roll the dice. I share this Nothing fit. happened. Yeah, yeah, I share this fit. Not um, about your having children. Yeah, yeah, about of course. It's your greatest fear. <laughs> You've tried to tie my tubes. I slept yeah. over their house one night. I woke up and she was she had a, a scalpel over me. Um, and Mayor, it, again, it, people don't want men, wives don't want me around their husbands. Is there, oh, oh because they think you're a bad influence? Yes. Absolutely. Because they think you're outraging on the town. Absolutely. Hitting all the vegan bars. Hitting all vegan. (laughs) Vegan spots. Yes. Vegan (laughs) bar after vegan bar. Uh, Raw. Well, some nights I'll go raw. Um, Raw. Um, raw Is it mostly men or women uh, shaming you? Uh, Women. And that's because they want you to have all the love that they have. They don't like it. They don't. Again, if they, because I'm a threat to this, this thing that they've, they've created this narrative that a good man is one who gets married and has children and stands all that. And unmarried that. means you're a sex addict. So yes. You're going to turn their husbands into a sex addict. Yes. Right. That's interesting. Yes. Um, you I'm have to turn a great Seth Myers into a sex addict. Yeah. You have a great, uh, you have a great, not, I'm going to call it a bit. It's a bit. It's a bit Where the, okay, it, about why I'm not married. About why you're not married. Would and you uh, uh, tell my audience, please? It's based on an observation from Bijan, who's a, one of the top EMDR therapists. <laughs> um, he, uh, no, uh, the joke is that when you ask a married guy how it is, they say, uh, they, it, when they respond, it's like they're reading a hostage letter. Mm-hmm. We're like, hey, man, how, how are things you doing, Becca? And they're like, hello, I am happy. They're like reading a note, like a like an ISIS video, and uh, and I don't want that yeah. for me. Like that would ma- it would make me so I don't like. Uh, I have a quote in my phone, which is some. I want to get it right because I don't, um, and it's great because it's also an excuse to take my phone out. Poor is the man whose pleasure depends on the permission of another. I don't want to ask permission. I don't want to feel, I yelled at a girlfriend one time. I don't want to feel like a guest in my own life. Yeah. Like, may I do this thing that I was probably born to do? Do you mind if I, and, and, and I don't want to feel bad about my inclinations, my habits, cause they're harmless. But the relationships I've been in, a few of them, it's the the my my significant others felt like it was an attack on them, right? And and I think that that's pretty common for relationships. What was the rest of that hostage note? Um, I am happy. Uh, uh, do not worry about me. Worry about yourself and your heathen lifestyle. 
She has made me a better man. Um, and then she's in the corner like ISIS, like, tell him what else. Um, so, so, uh, so yeah, like that's, and that's like, that's the dynamic. Like she's the boss. There's a, literally a sitcom called Yes, Dear. It's not on the air anymore, but like she's the, and I just don't want to feel like, like I'm beneath somebody. Do you think that's all marriage? That marriage means being beneath no, somebody? No, but I think that that's the um, factory setting on marriage. I think that there are, if I were to be married, it would not be like that. I agree. But everything else about your life is unconventional. I mm -hmm. think you would make marriage whatever you need or want it to We'd be. We live on a houseboat. Um, I'm unconventional. Also, <laughs> what you said about the rationale behind not wanting children is one of my favorite things. Uh, oh, the, 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 if you've seen the news. So there's, there's, there, so climate change is going to be a nightmare, right? Yeah. And that's horrifying. And we're already twice what Earth's population should be. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember this much anger or sectarianism in my entire life. Having a kid now to me would be like being at a house party. It's packed with people. You can't move. Roof's on fire. Basement's flooding. Cops are coming to arrest everybody. And you look at your friend and you're like, we should invite Brian. <laughs> That's what having a kid to me is like. Like, how are you? What are you? How are you justifying this? I feel bad getting Amazon packages. <laughs> like, and you're like, no, nah, we're bringing a whole nother person because I don't know. My body wants to. I So my body wants to do all kinds of shit. Yeah. That doesn't make it right. No. You know how much garbage? My body's never wanted to eat a healthy thing in my entire life. Yeah. My body tells me just bad. It's all bad No, I've ideas. been to brunch with you. It's You've just seen waffle what I do. mania. You've seen what I do. A lot of syrup, guys. That's all I'm going to say. It, gets, it can get pretty graphic. Um, so, uh, so yeah, like I, I, the so idea that your and, body wants are, you to do it. Marriage and kids are kind of off the table. Marriage, I, marriage is not off the table. Enough. Okay. Now, having said that. Every married guy I know at mm -hmm. some point has come up to me and whispered like an inmate, don't get married unless you want to have kids. Literally, like, said it like whisper, like, do not get married. What, where they don't move their lips? Yes. Right. Uh, do not, don't do this. Like, so I don't know what their secret is, but they've all done it. No, I, I, I feel the same way. I feel like a lot of the people that I know who are married are unhappy yes. currently. But again, I think that's because we're not encouraged to do the work or because we've been manipulated into making the wrong but decisions. But what's as the partner. advantage of a marriage? I don't really see one. I'm yeah. not really what's into the advantage? marriage. I mean, what's the advantage? It, I think it, there's a great advantage to a lifelong love and there are tax incentives course, to marriage. Well, yes. There but are great like tax incentives, like everyone. Yes. Ice cream's delicious. I want to eat ice cream for the rest of my life. Yeah. Do I want to sign a contract where if I don't want to eat ice cream, I have to give ice cream half of my money? No. I don't know. I feel like if James Blake was your ice cream, you'd be all right with it. I'll cut that out. Okay, I'm cutting that out. Cut that out. <laughs> Fucking cut that out. It's gonna. It's gonna. I'm just be, saying. It's gonna. Uh, I have no. Cut, that's cut fine. <laughs> that's again. I don't. But I'm. It's not a matter of the ice cream. It's not a matter of who or what the ice cream is. It's just a matter of, for me. Yeah. What's the advantage of? It's just to I'm me. A, a I'm lot 100 of times, marriage is a medieval insurance policy for the less successful person. It's also a consumerist scam. 
Yep. Uh, so I don't worry. We're on the same page very much so here. I don't really care here nor there about marriage. Um, th- the two things that make me uh, care about marriage are, number one, there's a cool tax incentive that I think is cool, as I was saying earlier. Uh, second of Which all... Which you probably already get as an incorporated person. Can I get more? I don't think so. Okay. Um, second of all, uh, second of all, uh, I, I get afraid of in um, medical dramas, of which I watch a lot, uh, mm-hmm. when they're like, when someone wants to come into the room during an emergency, it's like, well, are you family? In that situation, I would want uh, to be able to be in the room uh, in an emergency. Or I would That's want them another to be thing in that emergency. I'm a little bit. Agnostic. You don't want to be in the room during the emergency. Uh, the emergency, <laughs> fine, but having just gotten a colonoscopy a month and a half ago, yeah. Were you there? Because I was out. <laughs> My point is, I don't care who's there. Yeah. In the when I'm when I'm under, I don't care. Yeah, but that's and about, also, that's I about you. Don't, wouldn't you want to be in there if 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 your beloved was in trouble? If it meant something to them, I would. But I don't. I also think it's a weird thing to want your family to watch you die. <laughs> Like, hey, can you want to see the most horrifying yeah, thing on earth? Di- Wait, hang on. Come to room 480. You don't always die. You no, know, sometimes no, no, you, you make it through and you want someone there just to hold just your hand and phone. bring you ice chips. Just get my phone and my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> just don't separate that. That's how I'm marrying. I'm married. That's yeah, fine. Uh, my well, look, well, I don't think look, we're aggressive. We're violently agreeing in, in every yeah. direction on this. Like, we're neither of us are But it's married. cuter when you do it because of the accent and the hair. Agreed. I like the idea of a long time love. And by the accent, of, I mean the, the, the horrifying Indian stereotype. Accent. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I, um, I believe in a long time love because I like the idea of having a witness to my life. And so that's something that I think is a great benefit. But no, of course, the contractual side of things is ridiculous. Have you Have I what? gotten your heart broken? Mm, been sad when a relationship ended because you're losing a friend but i don't think i've ever had my heart broken like i've never been left the here's what i'll say right that's really sad <laughs> so we're in the third we're in the sad mic right now okay should i when, sing just when you said the witness to your life thing right i've had uh people that i really loved right men and women um and there are a lot of almost every situation when you break up with them, you realize that a thing you shared, you didn't share, meaning they had a very different point of view on it than you did. And a lot of time in in the writing area, um, I've written with Chappelle and 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 sure, mostly um, the so in in those cases, it was like. A thing that I thought was something, they had a completely different point of view on it. A thing, uh, a thing in my life that we share with a woman, uh, they had a lot of feelings that I, I'm not going to say they were they were noxious, but they were kind of like, oh, that's a fucking bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you evaluation. only you only find that afterward, and and uh, so I I hope for that sake that you and James stay together forever that's that was what i was that was what i liked about the um the marriage story thing was that their perception of their marriage was were really different and that's the thing that's so painful right to me 
Like I could, I could cry about it in 20 seconds if I had to, if you, if you turn the lights down, I'm kidding. No, but I, it really, it's a, that's the thing more, probably more than anything. Yeah. That when you feel like you have this shared thing with somebody. Yeah. And you, and it's just like, oh no, man, that nobody else thought that or not. It's not nobody. It's this person didn't think that. Yeah. And it start, you know, my, my dad being the most obvious example of like oh i thought we were father and son yeah <laughs> you thought we were competitors or mm-hmm. you, you thought i was a nuisance or you thought i was all these other things i was hoping oh man you could see why i would think that right mm-hmm. saying that i'm your son um so that and and that would be the the things that probably the most painful things in my life were thinking something was something and then finding out it's like finding out the that it's like the end, the beginning of the third act of every teen romantic comedy where it's like, no, that was a bet. Yeah. It, no, she was only with you because she, 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 yeah. she got paid to be with you because <laughs> like like that when when you think that you're and that goes back to the fairness thing, goes back to a lot of things. But but that to me is the biggest heartbreak of a relationship ending is that you both had a completely different perception of what it was. How um how's your time on this podcast been? Um great. I feel the same way. There no, I think We've it was got, great. Well, yeah, I actually think that that's a new that's a new thing about <laughs> about um about the heartbreak. Yeah. That's a, that I I don't think I've ever talked about that in public. Maybe I have, but not really. I mean, that's a big one for me. That's a, I think that's probably a big one for everybody. But Yeah. Uh, check the comments to see if it is. And I would uh, definitely suggest that, like, you know, for anyone, it's definitely better to be on your own than in an unhappy relationship just because you think yeah. you should be in a relationship because you think you need someone for societal status. Yeah. Mark Marin, the comedian and podcaster, said, uh, we were talking, I think he said it in conversation. He goes, I got married because I just wanted to feel like I was all right. He just wanted to feel like He's I'm not still married to that person, is he? No. Oh, thank God. <laughs> or the one after that. Um, Fucking hell. Uh, yeah, like he's tried it twice. That's the biggest bummer about relationships in it, is that you thought it was one thing, and it turns out like, oh, wait, you weren't. That's, there's no town there. <laughs> but that's not a reason to not then look for the Absolutely time. Absolutely not. Line up. Absolutely not. I, I, I think that's the, that's the end of, of, um, it's the end goal. That's the. I mean, that's the, my favorite romantic comedies are are Annie Hall and Eternal Sunshine, and um, uh, the apartment because they all end with this note of it doesn't really work, but I gotta try. It's not. It's not healthy. It's not. Or whatever. It's not healthy. Is the wrong word. But it's very difficult. It's the, the attrition rate is like 99.9%. Mm-hmm. And um, the, but yeah, gotta, that's the hope springs eternal. Like you gotta try. Serena Williams said, I, that would have been a great aisle point. You can still use it. Um, uh, <laughs> Serena Williams one time I was talking. Say on, again. Serena Williams, uh, the tennis player, I, I was shooting some with her one time. And this is like five years ago. And I was saying like relationships are impossible 
go, they're like climbing Mount Everest. And she goes, no, they're not, because people can actually climb Mount Everest, <laughs> which is like, all right, that's that's a very funny thing for someone who's not a comedian or writer to say. Um, so the point is, Serena's great. Well, Serena's also happily married now, so. That's what I'm saying. Like, the yeah. s- complete uh, defeated cynic and, like, and still found some, got lucky. Got lucky. I mean, what are the odds that the uh, uh, she's a uh, black woman, f- professional tennis player who grew up in Compton, and she ends up marrying some white tech guy who started Reddit. You know what I mean? Or I think he started Reddit. Like, what? That's just luck, and they work so far. You know, um, there's a just so much chance to it, and. Um, but that's the, that's the, the, that's the romantic part is thinking that it could, that, you know what it's for most people. Yeah. But for us, it's different. Okay. So I guess we'll just jury's out. We'll see if, if, uh, Neil finds, uh, Neil finds some, some love, some witness action. But wouldn't you say that I'm a romantic based on. Yeah. Like I think, I think that's purely the fact that you've got hope in spite of the fact that that's how you've felt looking back on previous relationships in itself implies that you're a romantic. Yeah. It's like the yeah. show me a cynic and I'll show you a heartbroken optimist. It's that thing. Yeah. Well, I love that. We'll Thanks. just, we'll see. But yeah. I would like you to know, I don't care if you ever get married and have babies. I just care that if you that's do purely marry self-interest, someone. Though. Yeah. If you do. Because it confirms, it's conf- it confirms your beliefs. <laughs> But well, no, I. But I just hope that if you get married, just don't marry someone annoying who has to come to my house. No, right? I won't. Okay, great, fine. Are we agreed? I and I would like to say that a big when I date women, yeah. At a certain point, I do think, can I bring them up to James and Jamila's? And I, you think I'm kidding? It's a really good barometer. Damn fucking straight. Yeah, because I'm not gonna. Don't bring someone unfunny into my house. No, I'll I kill you. In 2004, me and Amy Poehler and Rashida Jones and Seth Meyers used to go out to the club every Thursday. <laughs> and I brought a woman I was dating one week. And then the next week they got like, she was a dud. Don't bring her around. <laughs> like Poehler pulled me aside. She's like, she was a dud. You can't bring her around. I was like, all right, can we just declare people duds? Yes. And apparently we can. A hundred percent. I learned I learned the hard way. Neil Brennan, what do you weigh? <clears throat> I weigh 154 pounds as of this morning. <laughs> uh, in the in the classic, I weigh formula. The classic. <laughs> the classic. It's go, a classic. I don't think it it's is quite a classic. The classic. It's been around for two years and two months. It's a classic. Twenty four months ago. It's, how would you? How would you fucking sum yourself up, Neil? Uh, I am. I weigh. I know the classic. It's a classic. I don't get it. It's a classic. I, lady, I don't get it. I Um, weigh. I weigh. uh, I weigh uh, my. I weigh my beliefs, and I weigh my. Um. My my map, and I weigh my code. That's what I weigh. I weigh my code. I have a code that I've that I that I've over 46 years I've developed that is works for me and it's my it's my code it's my belief system it's it's my 
expectations. It's all that stuff. That's what I weigh. I weigh my code. And that goes to, that hopefully covers everything I do. Great. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Tell your friends. And inspiring everyone about love. I mean. (laughs) No, I'm joking. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's I Weigh. I would also like to thank the team which helps me make this podcast. My producers, Sophia Jennings and Kimmy Lucas. My editor, Andrew Carson. My boyfriend, James Blake, who made the beautiful music you are hearing now. And me for my work at iWay we would love to hear from you and share what you weigh at the end of this podcast you can leave us a voicemail at 1-818-660-5543 or email us what you weigh at iwaypodcast at gmail.com and remember it's not in pounds and kilos it's your social contributions to society or just how you define yourself in life here is a little message from one of our iWay listeners I want to tell you what I weigh I weigh being honest in every situation. I weigh working on personal development, even though it is a taboo subject. I weigh being fat and able to deadlift 100 kg. I weigh being unashamedly single for seven years. I weigh being emotionally and financially independent. I weigh living the life I want, not what society tells me I should. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.